Hello everybody and welcome to 38 Weeks to Go, your weekly podcast about fantasy football. I am your host Nash, let's get into it. How was Game Week 23 for you? You know they say slowly does it and I guess I really took that to heart because I got 59 points last week and this week I got 65, so steady improvement? So... For my team, I decided to just stick with Richarlison because I decided that one good turn deserves another. And so I was very happy when the weekend started because he got me 30 points. So basically, he is responsible for half of my points. I got rid of Bowen and in his place, I brought in Diego Jota. I firmly believed that Liverpool would beat Arsenal. Boy, was I wrong. So I ended up in a position where I was hoping that Either Haaland or Alvarez wouldn't play because I had 16 points on the bench. Garnacho. And as you all know by now, Man City won 3-1. And Alvarez did nothing. And Haaland got an assist. If you might have happened to watch that game, you will know that Flecken got 10 points even though he conceded 3 goals. Yes, he did have an assist, but he truly was impressive. He is the only reason that game wasn't 7-1. Alvarez did have good chances and he brought out great saves out of the keeper actually everybody brought out great saves out of the keeper only Foden was able to get past him so it was a bit disappointing if you didn't have Foden but if you did well done that was a great call the highest earners in my team were my captain Richardson who gave me 30 Trippier who gave me 9 Palmer who gave me 8 and then Haaland who gave me 5 so it wasn't a great day at the office but it was honest work The biggest surprise of the weekend was Newcastle 4, Luton 4. I can't lie, I did not see this result coming. Newcastle had beaten Aston Villa just in the game week before and therefore I thought they had turned the corner and they were now going to be formidable like they were towards the end of last season. And I also thought now Trippier will be back and will be entering an usher of clean sheets and just bonus points for him well technically i wasn't wrong in that uh, Trippier performed he played well and as a fantasy fan he did his job nine points loved it gordon got an assist so i was happy with that but dubravka was my keeper and for some of us who also had newcastle defenders it wasn't a great return especially for those who had shah <laughs> longstaff had two goals for newcastle Trippier scored a beauty and Javi Barnes came on to mount the comeback. The game started 1-0, then it went 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 4-2, then Javi Barnes came on, and then went 4-3, 4-4. It was quite an entertaining game. I watched the first half of the first half, and I thought, okay, Newcastle have this in the bag. Boy, was I wrong. The beauty of football is its unpredictability, and that is also what makes fantasy such an exciting game you just really think you've figured it out you think you have okay i have pickford and dubravka i have good keepers i put pickford on the bench because i knew everton were going to concede to tottenham so let me start dubravka and then dubravka goes and concedes four goals how do you plan for that it was quite an entertaining game and if you watch this game i'm sure at 4-4 you were thinking okay is this going to go 4-4 i mean 5-5, five, 6-6, five, six, six, like Westerl or Genk? Wow. In the end, in spite of their better efforts, it ended as a draw, 4-4. Four, four. 
Adebayo continues his amazing run. I think he has now seven goals in his last eight games. Morris was great. He had a, a goal and an assist. Osho had a goal. Barkley continues to be impressive. He has a goal and an assist. He is a differential with Adebayo as well. Doughty continues to impress. He had an assist. Ogbene had an assist for Newcastle. Bruno Guimaraes, Gordon, Trippier and Miley had assists. Huh. So, when it comes to the bonus points, Barkley had three, Morris had two and Longstaff had one. The match of the weekend So Arsenal take on Liverpool. And by the match of the weekend, I mean the most highly anticipated game of the weekend. Arsenal 3, Liverpool 1. When you watch a game like this, it really drives home the thing of football is about taking your chances. Liverpool gifted Martinelli a chance, gifted Trossard the goal, and Arsenal just said thank you very much. Also, Arsenal gifted Luis Diaz the goal. So it was just a game of, I don't want to say poor defending, but those were not the best goals you will have ever seen from this tie. First goal was a rebound from Saka, and Saka has great positioning. You, you have to be there, you know? It helps. Then Luis Diaz was some weird own goal looking like thing. Then Alisson and Van Dijk forgot how to talk to each other, and Martinelli was just over there being like, oh, thank you very much, as he slotted it in. With the trusted goal, I guess maybe I'm being too harsh. It really was a finish in between the legs of the keeper. It's not too often you see that. And Alisson could have done better to prevent that goal, considering how tight the angle was. But I'm happy Liverpool lost. It makes the league more competitive. Well, well, I don't know about that because Man City have a game in hand. And once they take over the lead, who knows what is going to happen next. Especially now that everybody's back. I had brought in Diogo Jota because in the previous matches, he has either scored or assisted at the Emirates. And now, this is the first time in his Liverpool career that he hasn't scored or assisted at the Emirates. <sighs> and this is why they say past history is not a guarantee of future results. Don't get me wrong, Arsenal deserve to win this game. And an interesting start I discovered or uncovered is that only Sheffield United and Brighton have committed more errors leading to an opposition goal than Liverpool. They have committed seven and Liverpool have committed five. Martinelli had three bonus points. Saka and Trossard got two. Kai Havertz and Kiwior were the people who gave the assists. And Gabriel got an own goal with an assist from Luis Diaz. I was so happy that I had my good friend Gabriel on the bench for this one because that minus one would have been painful after that 17 points the previous week. Zinchenko was subbed with what looked like an injury, and so if you're an owner of him like I am, it might be time to move on. I'm probably going to go to Aston Villa's defense. This weekend was an action-packed weekend, and there were only two clean sheets, so attackers won the day. The two clean sheets came in the Aston Villa versus Sheffield match, and the Man United versus West Ham match. Aston Villa won 5-0 and Manchester United won 3-0. Watkins had three assists, one goal, three bonus points. Very straightforward. Best player on the pitch and he delivered the goods. Moreno, Bailey, McGinn, Tillemans were the other goal scorers. Douglas Luiz was the other person who had an assist in this game. 
Watkins, like I just said, had the bonus points, all of them. Moreno had two. Bailey and Douglas Luiz each had one. In another high-scoring result, I don't know if this is surprising or not at this point, Chelsea 2, Wolves 4. You know, Chelsea always have this type of result in them. So much so as a Chelsea fan, you just don't know what to expect. They were really generous with Wolves and they gifted them two goals. The first two goals were just as messy as in the Liverpool game. And by that I mean the Arsenal-Liverpool game. But Wolves were the better team, more organised. They took their chances. Chelsea had chances to make this a high-scoring game as well. But they just couldn't get their ball over the line. Nicholas Jackson missed a glorious chance. Sterling as well could have had the team goal of the season. Uh, Chelsea are just Chelsea. Cunha had a hat-trick. This is his first senior hat-trick. And he is a great budget differential. Oh my goodness, that boy carried a lot of teams this weekend. Of course, he had the bonus points. Thiago Silva scored in the dying minute. And Palmer scored for Chelsea, which was great. Because I need all the Palmer points I can get. And he is the best option in Chelsea still. Disasi had an own goal. Cunha had the three bonus points. Thiago Silva had two and Palmer had one. Caicedo and Mudrik had the assists for the Chelsea goals. While Ait Nuri, Joao Gomez and of course Mr. Neto had an assist for Wolves. The top five performers of the game week were Foden with 20, Watkins with 18, Cunha with 17, Garnacho with 16, and Richarlison with 15. The top performing goalkeeper was Flecken, who had 10, followed by Onana, who had 8, and then Martinez, who had 7. Onana and Martinez were the only ones who kept a clean sheet. When it comes to defenders, Alex Moreno had 14 points, Dunk from Brighton and Trippier had 9, Thiago Silva and Branthwaite from Everton had 8, Diego Carlos, Lingley, Dalo, Maguire, Martinez, Shaw had 6, Lamptey, Robinson, Osho had five. Martinez got injured for Manchester United and he won't be back soon. We wish him a speedy recovery. Midfield is where the real value was. Foden had 20. Garnacho on my bench had 16. Richarlison had 15. Barkley had 13. Longstaff had 13. Gross had 11. Martinelli and Callum Hudson-Odoi had 10. Saka, Harrison had nine, Trossard, McGinn, Tillemans, Palmer, Joao Palinha had eight, Bailey, Sinistera, Buonanote, Hinshelwood had seven. With the forwards, there were only two real players of value. Watkins, 18, Cunha, 17. Fofana, the Chelsea boy on loan to Burnley, had 11. Morris had 11 as well. Joao Pedro, Muniz, Hoyland had eight, and Hoyland Four weeks in a row now. I hope you guys are watching this. Mope as well continues his tremendous form. He had six. Mateta Adebayo also had six. The average of the game week was 57 points. So if you had 57 and above, well done. 18 over 24 had over 57. So well done, guys. We're doing really well. The highest points tally in our group fell to Tommy Oladipo. Leads are going up and Tommy is rising up. He already had 73 points before his captain played. 
that was just ridiculous. I almost wanted to ask him for the interview then. But out of respect for Manchester City captains, I was just like, let's just see what happens. Number two in our group was Thagana Gaderu, manager of He Sleeps Through Storms. Thagana is no longer sleeping. He's waking up. Last week he was the highest, but there just wasn't enough time to ask for an interview. There was only a day between the game week and the previous game week. If you guys remember game week 11, Tommy was the leader that week. He had like 45 points and I felt 45 points wasn't high enough, but he did amazing. So I am happy that I have the chance to interview him. Ahead of Thagana, we have Maina Kamau, who had 85 points. Well done. He's also slowly climbing up. And just below him is Elvis, who had 82 points. And rounding up the top five, we have Martin Asewe, who had 79 points. Looking at the 38 weeks to go table, we have a new leader. Who is an old leader? We have Leon Mortier. Why are you running? He just simply whizzed past. Goodness gracious me. If you remember last week, he had a brave captain choice which gave him two points in Mr. Halland. This week, he stayed with Mr. Halland and he was rewarded in that he got more than two. <laughs> now I'm just hating. He got 10 points. But what really held him up was having Watkins 18, Foden 20, Palmer eight. And he had good players on the bench as well, so that must be a bit bittering for him. But that was a good comeback. This performance has put him seven points ahead of Sim Nanijua. Sim Nanijua now did a reverse Leon <laughs> in that he chose an interesting captain this week. He had Solanke as captain. He was going for the differential and he thought Bournemouth were going to slaughter Nottingham Forest. If it wasn't for the performance of Ollie Watkins, he would have had a horrible, horrible weekend. Right at the heels of Simlanijua is Vic Nyadi, manager of Vic City. He had 73 points and that leaves him one point behind Simlanijua. So number one has 1383 points, followed by 1377, then 1376. At number four is Dom Bottlet this year, who has 1372. He got 64 points. In the top five, Leon had the highest points with 77, and that really helped make the difference. Between number four and number five, there's still about 29 points, so that gap is big, but it's slowing down. Between number five and number six, there's 30 points, so there's a gap over there. At the bottom, Jeremiah Obiri was laughing. He had 50 points. Haaland is back, so his unchanged team is picking up again, and it will be interesting to see how his team finishes, assuming Haaland remains fit. He has 968. Just above him at number 23 is Manfrey Masons, who got 31, 977. We're not really looking at these guys. Number 22 is Jibril, who had 41 points and 1090. Moses Chege had 68 points, 1124. Enter the Wu, Mr. Washira Gitahi, had 1156, and he's number 20. And 20 points above him is the Gunner with 11.78. If Thagana keeps this up, he's just really gonna fly up the table. Let me give you some random facts before we move into our next segment. Only Son has scored more goals for Tottenham than Richarlison. Everton have scored 12 of the 25 goals from set pieces. Since joining Burnley, Fofana has played 57 minutes and he has two goals and one assist. Kieran Trippier has now provided 
more assists than any other player in the Premier League this season. He has nine. And also, he's the first defender to pass 100 points. This just makes him the 17th player to reach 100 points this season and the first defender to reach 100. The list of players who have crossed 100 points is Salah, Watkins, Son, Saka, Foden, Haaland, Bowen, Alvarez, Palmer, Solanke, Gordon, Cunha, Douglas Luiz, Richarlison, Ward Prowse, Trippier, and that Korean guy. Sheffield have now conceded five plus goals in the Premier League game for the fourth time this season. Bruno Fernandes has registered back-to-back -back assists for the first time this season. Liverpool's four losses in all competitions this season have come when Darwin Nunez doesn't start. Haaland, De Bruyne, Gordon, Trippier and Diego Jota were the most transferred in players this week. And out of all of them, it's only Jota who got less than five. Phil Foden becomes the sixth player to join the group of those who have returned 20 or more points this season. Oli Watkins is the highest with 23, Doku with 22, Corner Bradley with 21, Haaland with 20, Son with 20, and Phil Foden with 20. For some reason, Marty Cash is still owned by 16% of managers. Morris is outscoring João Pedro, Isaac, Jesus, Ferguson, Wilson, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, while being cheaper than all of them. Alvarez is just a point behind Haaland. Leno has more bonus points than Salah, Saka, and Son. Edison has 58 points. That is only five more points than Fodderingham of Sheffield, who has conceded 57 goals. He has only had five clean sheets in 21 games. Alvarez is now just one point behind Haaland. We had nine different captain choices for our game week. Haaland has returned and with it, he had 10 managers choose him as captain. Number two was KDB with seven. The rest of the players were only chosen by a manager each. Solanke, Richarlison, Foden, Gordon, Saka, Palma, and Fernandes. The most transferred in player this week was Diego Jota with five, followed by Gordon with three, Haaland with three, and Trippier with three. KDB and Foden were brought in twice. I saw one person bring in Sha after his game. Son, Kudus, Bowen, and Palma were the most transferred out players with two. In terms of ownership, Watkins is owned by 17 of 24 managers in our league. Pedro Porro is owned by 15 managers. Haaland is owned by 14. Palmer by 13. De Bruyne, Ariola, and Saka are also owned by 13 managers. Looking at the upcoming game week, it's game week 24. And just to remind you, after game week 24, we have the double game week. Game week 25, we'll see Manchester City, Brentford, Liverpool, and Luton play twice. So plan accordingly. The game week will start on Saturday with Manchester City versus Everton. This fixture has seen Manchester City win four of the five games, and the other game was a draw. Man City are favourites for this game. In their most recent encounter, Foden, Alvarez and Silva scored. So, for those of you who still have Foden, it might be worth it to keep him. And now I'm reconsidering whether I should sell Alvarez or not. Haaland didn't play that game, so that's why he wasn't involved. 
but you know he's going to start this game. From Everton's side, I definitely will not be putting any defender. I expect them to concede. However, I'm a bit shaky about my confidence in Dubravka, so I may be moving him on. <laughs> now that Haaland is back, you can't look past Haaland or Alvarez or Foden or KDB or Silva. Goodness, it's so hard to choose a Manchester City player. And then knowing the manager, Foden had a hat-trick, so now it means Doku will play. Pfft, why? Because Pep is Pep. Of course, I'm not saying that will happen, but it's a possibility with Pep and his roulette. As for Everton, I just wouldn't recommend a player from this game. Maybe Harrison if I have to. After this weekend, Champions League will be coming back. So that might affect Manchester City's starting lineup for the weekend as they look towards Europe. Which means we're entering that stage where Europe and the Premier League will be affected by each other. Man City have Everton, Chelsea, Brentford, Bournemouth and FC Copenhagen. So their games are not necessarily difficult, but with Europe... Things always get tricky. Everton somehow drew with Spurs, so I'm not going to rule out that that will happen. But after Manchester City, their schedule becomes a bit lighter. They have Crystal Palace, Brighton, West Ham, Manchester United and Liverpool. So <laughs> lighter is a bit uh, relative. Fulham versus Bournemouth. In the last five encounters, Bournemouth have won three matches and drawn two. So they are favourites for this game. Solanke, Clivert, Tavernier are your best choices. And now it might be time to look at Senesi as well. Fulham signed Broja in this window that recently closed. And he will be there to help their striking options. So he might be able to help them moving forward. They considered a last-minute goal to Fofana in Burnley's last game, in their last matchup. So it may be interesting to see how they go about this game. Because they don't have a good record against them. And they may be trying just not to lose. Of course they're going to try to win. But you try not to lose against people who you're weak against. So that could mean that it could be a draw. That's what they'll be seeking. Fulham, just like Everton, have a bit of a tricky few matches up ahead. They have Bournemouth. Then they have Aston Villa. Then Manchester United. Brighton. And then Wolves. So I wouldn't be looking to move into Fulham in the next few game weeks. Bournemouth, on the other hand, have Newcastle, Manchester City, Burnley, Sheffield, and Wolves. Apart from the City game, they already hammered Newcastle the other day, so they can do it again. Why not? And the other games are all winnable. I was thinking of getting off Solanke, but I think I might hold off on that. So for Fulham, the usual suspects you have, I guess now, Muniz, who scored recently, João Paulinho, who scored, William, Pereira, Tico Doveri. Moving on to Liverpool versus Burnley. Liverpool are overwhelming favourites in this one. Out of the last five games, they've won four of them and lost one. They are in better form and they'll be looking to bounce back after the mishaps that happened in the Liverpool game. Given that it's Burnley that they'll be playing and they have Europe midweek, and by midweek it's really late week on Thursday, it's possible that they may do a rotation of sorts. However, I would still recommend Diogo Jota, Luis Diaz. I also believe that they will keep a clean sheet. On the other hand, if you're Burnley, if you're looking to gamble, this is the right time to bet on Fofana. After that, Amduni, Odober, Lyle Foster. Liverpool have Burnley, Brentford, Luton, Chelsea in their next matches. All winnable games for them. Burnley have no easy games. 
They have Liverpool, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, West Ham. Luton versus Sheffield United. This should be an interesting game. I'm going to bring in Doty. If I was a bigger gambler, I'd bring in Adebayo. But I don't know which striker to remove. Mengi, Osho, Barkley are great options right now. Sheffield have Bereton Diaz, McBurney, McAtee, Hammer. Those are their best chances right now. After the Sheffield match, Luton have tough fixtures up ahead. Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Aston Villa. And those are all the top teams. Well, apart from Manchester United. Those are all the top teams in the country. Sheffield will just do well not to be hammered. They have, after Luton, they have Brighton who can hammer them. Wolves who can defeat them thoroughly. Sheffield playing Arsenal after that and Bournemouth. I'm trying to look at these games and I'm seeing five. Maybe <laughs> by the time they reach Bournemouth, they might have considered 20 goals. Spurs versus Brighton. This is going to be an interesting matchup. A London derby. In their most recent encounter, Brighton hammered Tottenham 4-2. And that one's still fresh in my memory. Tottenham beat them the game before that and the game before that. But Brighton won the other game. So Brighton have won two. Tottenham have won three. So this is a kind of game that can really go either way. Gross, Dunk, Joao Pedro, Bonanote are my favourites for this game. Tottenham will have Son back. I'm not sure if he will play, but they are out of the Asia Cup. They lost in the semi-finals to Jordan, 2-0. So today is Tuesday night when I'm recording this. So that gives him Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. At least two days. It might not be enough for him to start, but definitely enough for him to be in the squad. Richarlison is the man right now. I wouldn't have a defender in this game. But if there's a Spurs defender you could count on right now, it's Yudoji. He has had an assist and a goal in the last two games. And Pedro Porro hasn't returned in those two games. I'm just putting it out there. Spurs have Brighton, Wolves, then Blank, and then Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, and Fulham. These are all games that they can win. Brighton have Spurs, Sheffield, Everton, Wolves, and Fulham. These are all winnable games. It might be time to bring in Gross and Crew, Wolves and Brentford. That Korean guy might be back and starting. Him, Neto and Kunya, I think that would be a deadly combination. I think Wolves will be favoured for this game. In the last five games that they met in the Premier League, Wolves have won three, drawn one and lost one. I think they will be favourites for this encounter. On the Brentford side, you really have... Ivan Tony and Mope. And if you intend to use Brentford players in the double game week, really watch this game to decide whether you would want these players to play against Liverpool and Manchester City. Brentford have Wolves, Liverpool, Manchester City in the double game week, and then West Ham and Chelsea. So it's going to be a tough five games for them. Wolves, on the other hand, have Brentford, Spurs, Sheffield, Brighton and Newcastle. These are all games that they will be able to be competitive in. Nottingham Forest versus Newcastle. Their most recent encounter was when Wood had the hat-trick. Awoniyi is back. They have a new manager. It's a different game. But I still think they have the potential to surprise Newcastle. Especially as Newcastle suck being away from home. However, the last time I said that they beat Aston Villa 3-1. Apart from that recent loss... Newcastle have the better record against Forest. With 
Newcastle right now. Trippier seems to have recovered his form. Gordon, Longstaff, Harvey Barnes is back, so maybe that will create more options for them going forward. For Nottingham Forest, Callum Hudson-Odoi was their best player in the last draw with Bournemouth. Elanga is back. Awoni is back. It's possible that we would score. Those are the strongest bets from Forest. Their three most recent games have seen them go winless. So it may be suggesting that the new manager bounce is done. After Newcastle, they have West Ham, Aston Villa, Liverpool, Brighton and Luton. Those are all tough games for them. So I wouldn't be encouraging people to be moving into them in the next few weeks. After the Forest game, Newcastle have Bournemouth, Arsenal, Wolves and Chelsea. Given how Newcastle have been playing of late, it's hard to know whether these are winnable game or all losable games. West Ham versus Arsenal. West Ham beat Arsenal the last time they played and it was a good game. Outside that, Arsenal have the better record and they should be favourites for this game and they will be looking for revenge. They will be away from home so it will not be easy. But West Ham have been having a bit of a dip in their form and so they can be gotten at. In fact, the last game that West Ham won was against Arsenal. They have not won a game since that last game. West Ham after Arsenal will have Forest, Brentford, Everton and Burnley. So those will be kind fixtures for them to be able to regain their form. Bowen, Kudus, James Ward-Prowse. Actually, James Ward-Prowse at the top. Those are the best chances from them. For Arsenal, you have Saka, who can't seem to stop scoring. Martinelli, Jesus, Odegaard, Havertz. After West Ham, Arsenal have Burnley, then the Champions League. Then they have Newcastle, Sheffield, Brentford, Chelsea. So it will be a bit of a tricky stretch for them. Aston Villa versus Manchester United. Manchester United have won two games, drawn two and lost one. So it's looking like it's going to be in Manchester United's favour, especially given the recent encounter where Aston Villa went 2-0 up and suddenly lost 3-2. Ganacho had two goals in that game. That is actually the reason he's in my team. So he will be starting for me this week. If you're looking to get into Manchester United, Hoyland, Ganacho, Rashford, maybe Onana, those are the best chances for Aston Villa, Watkins, McGinn, Bailey, maybe Diaby, Douglas Louise. Those are your best chances. Aston Villa will be at home and they have been difficult to beat at home. They lost to Newcastle recently, but I'm sure they'll be wanting to revenge. Aston Villa have Manchester United, Fulham, Forest, Luton, Spurs. Those are all winnable games. Manchester United have Villa, Luton, Fulham, Manchester City. So it's going to be tricky at the end, but it may be soft in the middle. With that, I hope that helps you plan. Remember, we have a double game week coming up soon. So think about that as you make your teams. Other than that, I will be looking to get an interview done with Tommy Oladipo, our weekly tally leader. So look out for that interview. Other than that, have a great week. Bye.